And we back. 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 And we. Okay, we can't get no copyright infringement though. So, hi guys. We're back. It's Asha. And Sydney. And this is After 25. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we took a little bit of a hiatus. Life picked up on us. Y'all know we are students. School got real, real quick. So we had to rearrange our priorities Mm -hmm. and make sure we was passing our classes. Okay? Okay. Period. But we are back with episode three. Yep. This is episode three. Trace on the toi. Toi. Ooh, look at me. But anyway, um, when we first started our podcast, we shopped it out to a few trusted sources mm-hmm. um, just to get some general feedback on like what we could improve on, things they really wanted to hear from us moving forward. And I think a pretty common topic that we got was sex. So people had questions revolving sex or just wanted to hear some of our thoughts on their questions or just hear our general thoughts on sex. Sex in relationships, out of relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we thought, why not give the people what they want and go ahead and do an episode? Let's talk about sex, baby. Mm. Let's mm. talk about you. And, and I'm going to cut her off because oh. we can't get copyright. Oh. Oh. Infringement. Oh. What? Oh. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> this. This episode literally is titled <laughs> Sex, Sex, and More Sex. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to tackle questions that we received on sex, mm-hmm. and, as well as just kind of like some things that we thought in general we wanted to discuss. And sex and things like around sex, whether it be with a or sex with a partner, emotions around it, mm-hmm. setting appropriate boundaries, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even talking about masturbation. So, you know. I th- tune in if you're curious, I guess. Oh. And if you just want to hear what we have to say. Either mm-hmm. way, I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. Definitely. So let's just dive in. Let's just dive in. All right. So, I mean, it's the age-old debate. And I think it was one of the first questions we got. Mm-hmm. So let's just start there. Um, size. And does size really matter? Does size really matter? I will start off by saying it depends on the person. Because I don't want to shame any sizes because I think that this could be a very real insecurity for some men. And the idea of a penis size (laughs) being connected to masculinity, um, I think that that feeds into a lot of like toxic masculinity So I just want to start off the conversation by saying it depends on the person. For me, it does. I hear but, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's just because, like, I know my body well enough and, like, my sexual experiences well enough to, and my sexual experiences have taught me that size is important for me. So no small penises for Sydney? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, I second that motion. 
Um, I mean, Sydney's disclaimer was really nice. I think it was really considerate and it's not to shame anyone or judge anyone that is like, I personally am into smaller penises. First of all, I think it should be said that like small is a subjective term. Very subjective. And what you consider small might not be what the next person considers small. Mm-hmm. I think we all can agree that micro penises are small though. I can say that when we had this discussion, um, we each had different definitions of small. We did, but mm-hmm. even with that, I think we all can agree that my, micro penises are small. We did all And that's, that. once again, not all to that. shame anyone that has one or enjoys micro penises, but I think that's, like, literally the only objective mm-hmm. definition of small. Yeah. Sydney and I do definitely have differing opinions of what small is. Um, I think mine, honestly, falls a little bit more along the lines of realistic when compared to Sydney's. Um, not that hers are unrealistic. I just know what I, I like. just think <laughs> she likes what she likes, and yeah. um, you know, it's some it's some people that might not quite meet that qualification that I think. Can and still I can get. say that from other conversations that I've had, like even outside of this podcast and with other friends, frankly across the country, like even the size that I would prefer. They these are like women who I've spoken with who are cisgender women that I've spoken with who have said that like those sizes are uncomfortable for them and not those are just things that they don't prefer. So it shows that you really it just honestly depends on the partner that you have. Okay, that's a fair point. Now what I will say is I do think it matters. And I think we both made that perfectly clear that for us it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't necessarily think that unless you have had that experience to make that statement, mm-hmm. you should be out here crossing people completely out saying like you don't have no chance just because of the size of their penis. I agree. So I... I do think that is also something that should be stated. I mean, once again, I can't really tell you what you will like. I think people know their own bodies and their own, you know, pleasures. So I'm not going to tell you, like, step outside your comfort zone if you know that's your comfort zone. But I am going to say, like, don't be completely close-minded, mm-hmm. I think. Because I also think that there are, like, I don't know what different sizes. Like, there are different things that you can explore different positions that you all can try like for um this is a this is based off of a conversation I had with one of my friends whose feelings are really similar to mine but um she a recent partner of hers was not as big as what she's used to and but she still expressed that that was actually like a really enjoyable experience and so something about Either their relationship or um, the sex that they were having, it was very enjoyable. And she, yeah, ended up changing her mind. Okay, so maybe for for some people, it is about how you use the size that you have. Mm-hmm. I guess we can say that. Like, for some, it is kind of still, like, and I will how say you use what you have. I have heard from a lot of women that it's more so the motion of the ocean rather than the size. I think it's both. I think it's a combination mm-hmm. of both. That's just me personally. I, I I agree, you know. 
for those women. But mm. um, to me personally, it's definitely still a combination because, yeah, the motion of the ocean or like how you use what you got is just as important as what you got. But I fundamentally think that you should have a certain size. And I'm not just going to go into I'm not going to give out specific measurements because I also don't think it's realistic unless you are just out here pulling out a ruler yeah. before you have sex with people to be like, I only deal with men that got X amount of inches or more because like, how realistically do you know? Yeah, that's true. Your measurements are can be, unless you have a set ruler, those measurements are please very don't pull objective. Out no ruler I'm sex. not pulling out a ruler during sex. I'm just saying in general to the general oh, public, yeah. please do not pull out a ruler before you have sex. Honestly, like, I think sometimes I think that's we talk rude. about, I was just about to say that. Rude. Sometimes we talk about like, this is a conversation that you might be having where, like, it's not something you can naturally relate to. So, put it in a sense of something that you could relate to. And you mm-hmm. would feel a certain type of way if a man pulled out a ruler because he was like, I only mess with women with a certain waist circumference. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to make sure that you fit that measurement. Do not be going out here pulling out rulers on people. And That's I can say that, like, that. I know personally, like, I don't... For anyone that I'm involved with in any capacity, like, I don't want to feel deduced to my body parts. Yeah. And so, on the flip side, like, I don't want for anyone that I'm involved with to feel like they're deduced to their body parts. To their body parts. That's, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good way to end that one, you know? Like, that's a high note. We should mm-hmm. end that, one, that segment mm-hmm. on a high note. Okay. So, then, the, the second most popular question that we got was essentially revolves around the idea of um, sex outside of a monogamous committed relationship. Mm-hmm. I would say it's the best way to like kind of generalize the topic. And so Sydney came up with this beautiful phrase <laughs> to describe this. So I'm going to let her say it because our next segment is catching dick without catching feelings. Okay, so I think, well, one, let's also say this, because this was a point that Sydney, a very fair point that I think Sydney made um, prior to us even starting to record this podcast. It just should be acknowledged on this actual um, episode is that we are two cisgendered heterosexual women. Mm -hmm. And so not to be, you know, exclusive, yeah, not to be exclusive, because we definitely want to include everyone, but... Our perspective on this episode and our opinion will be based solely on those experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they're, they're, this definitely could be used to spark conversations or ask questions that you might have with friends that don't follow um, or not follow, but don't, don't fall into like the cisgendered heteronormative categories. Mm-hmm. It might be a nice way for you to kind of introduce topics on some questions that you might have had and might have felt like, ooh, I don't know how I'm going to come off. I definitely think this could be used as like just kind of a, hey, I was listening to this podcast. They talked about this. Just wanted to know, you should still be respectful. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just be coming at people left field. But I just think we should make it clear that that is literally the only point of view that we are able to provide because those are the only experiences that we have. And we may consider having a um, guest on the show who can speak from... Or who would be willing to speak from their personal experience to add more nuance to the conversation and add more perspective. Um, But for now, it's just the two of us. As Asha said, just because of the way in which we identify, some of our perspectives can be a little limited. But definitely, like, if we say 
the but the purpose is not to be um exclusive but if there is something that uh, as a listener you feel we can be a little more open-minded with or other ways you think that we can include other identities that uh we don't fall into without actually physically having the per- uh, person who ident- uh, who falls into those identities on the show um feel free to email us at after 25 podcast at gmail.com and we would definitely be open to those recommendations mm-hmm. and just to like kind of piggyback because you know <laughs> you'll catch that probably at a later time if we ever discuss that but just to kind of piggyback off what Sydney just said um I don't want anybody, neither one of us wants anyone to feel like it's your responsibility to educate us. Mm -hmm. So even if that's just providing articles for which what we can read up on ourselves and like good references and resources for us to look into ourselves, we are definitely open to that as well. Mm -hmm. And we will not be offended by you being like, hey, like this is a good source. Maybe you should look into in general for this podcast and future podcasts Mm -hmm. in all honesty. So. With that being said, <laughs> getting back to the next segment of this episode being catching dick without catching feelings. Mm-hmm. The first question we got under this category was kind of like, what do we consider the definition of dickmatized? <laughs> I think that there are so many different definitions. I've definitely used this term before in my personal experiences. Okay. You've been dickmatized? But I only felt that way once. Ooh. Okay. But it wasn't like it had me connected to this man long term. Mm-hmm. It was like a post-coital haze. And I ended up missing my T-stop. <laughs> Your T-stop? Oh, T from the Boston. Boston T. This was Oh, I'm like, okay, okay. She. This is a train? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just, you know. Mm-hmm. We are talking about oh, sex. Yeah. Oh. So just so we clear, she missed a train stop, y'all. She yeah. missed a train stop. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. I'm just saying, I didn't know. That's all I was like, I don't know if no. it's slang for something. No, it's not slang for anything. <laughs> it was a. It was after the fact. I was like, all right, I'm about to go home. And um, yeah, I missed my train stop. Because I was just thinking. You were just, you were just in a haze. I was just was in a haze. Okay. It was a fog. Okay. So that's when I referred to it for myself. I referred to it as like a post-coital fog. Okay. Yeah. I think um, my definition is different Mm -hmm. for like myself and just in general. I definitely think for me, and I want to say like a lot of friends that I've had this conversation with, when we say somebody is stigmatized, that means that you are doing things for this man that you would normally not do Mm -hmm. for not even just another man, but honestly, for your friends sometimes, like you just be some sometimes people and it's not to say that you're out here acting brand new, but it's just things that you normally are like, I wouldn't do that. But then you for whatever reason had a sexual experience with well, a man in this case, because mm-hmm. we said it it's we specifically said digmatized. So, you know, you had this sexual encounter with this um Man, and now you, you he got something. you out here doing stuff you wouldn't normally do. Ooh, child. I don't, I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I've never been in that situation. Been in that situation. I will say I've done things like for 
or in a relationship in general that mm-hmm. I wouldn't. But I think that's different. But that's from a relationship, a yeah. connection that you have in a relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. not just from yeah sex. I agree. So yeah. I I think that's a little different. But yeah. So now that we've defined that, mm-hmm. digmatized, Ooh. we're now going to define demon dick because I think the two are different. I think you can have demon dick without being digmatized. And so I guess in order to say that, I have to explain what I think demon yeah. dick is. So for me, demon dick refers to great sex mm-hmm. that is attached to a man that you know is not about anything relationship-wise. Because mm-hmm. I think for me, I think there are some really good men that are good people. They would make good friends, mm-hmm. like good companions. They're good colleagues, but they would make horrible relationship partners. Yeah. But the sex is good. Yeah. And that's usually what what I consider demon dick. So that's why I say I think you could have demon dick without being digmatized. Because I don't think you necessarily would do anything different. Or you're not going to necessarily do yeah. anything for that man that you wouldn't do normally. And I'm not talking about just in sex. I mean, just like in life. But I think demon but, dick can lead to digmatism. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I definitely think it can lead to it, but I think you can have... But one doesn't always yeah, lead to the other. Exactly. That's for real. That's for real. Mm-hmm. So, what, what, is, what is it for you? Mm, I think I would agree with that definition. I think prior to us having a discussion about this, I had always thought of demon dick of just like, it's just so good it has you acting out of character. <laughs> I've never experienced it, but I've definitely used it as a term, like in joking. Mm-hmm. Like, dang, what was it? Like, you I know, when you possessions causing possessions. Uh-huh. I'm a I've definitely used it as a term like that. Like when people would be like, "I can't believe this girl is doing da 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 for this guy," and I was like, "He is demon dick." It's what it is. So then I guess that's what I would consider digmatized. Like, mm-hmm. where you were saying, like, oh, he has demon dick. I was out here like, she digmatized. Mm. Because, and the reason I make that distinction is because you can be digmatized off a man with bad sex. Uh, that the next woman, uh, yeah, yeah. But do you think that's digmatism? Or do you think that's something else? What? If a man has bad sex, because for me, digmatize implies that it's directly connected to the quality of sex. And it's not for me. Okay. Digmatize is just you're having sex with the, and I, I'm like, it. Just, let's say outside of relationships, because I think we both can agree that relationship, but you can also be digmatized within a relationship. Yeah, Whatever yeah. the case. So this is getting really convoluted really quickly, and I didn't mean for yes. that to happen. But I am just saying that... Um, I think for me, digmatize is more subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, you might consider it good sex, but then the next woman might be like, this is trash. And the next woman after here might be like, this is trash. Versus demon dig, there is like a collective of women that can testify that the sex is good, but the man ain't it. Relationship-wise. But, for me. No, I, 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 I hear your point. I'm just like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand it. Okay. Where it's like, if a collective group of women can, well, even, I don't know, because a lot of people can feel like one person's dick is trash, and then that one person might just really enjoy it. People Mm -hmm. like different Mm -hmm. things. But 
if this person does not enjoy having sex with the with the man um but is doing all these other things the reason why i wouldn't call it dickmatism is because it's not from them enjoying sex they might be doing it because the person offers something else like the person oh no no, no. i'm saying that oh. the person that is stigmatized does find it like to oh, me okay. the person is stigmatized is a subjective opinion oh but it's that not demon sex, dick but it's not demon dick because the larger the collective like nah. the collective like nah sis got you, that got ain't you. it or like i mean well then if that's the argument then does demon dick ever truly exist yeah i think Within your, I can't say like on this large national scale or city scale. But even however, think, there are think about like those Twitter pages that be out here rating men and having other women comment like, "Yeah, I can attest to this," or like women be like, "No, no, 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 no." So I think of like those type of platforms where it's like not necessarily a group of friends because that's a whole other topic that maybe we could discuss a little later on down here if the whole group of friends done slept with this one man. But just like <laughs> there seems to be in some forms, in some spaces, this female collective, yeah, that I don't know, can agree because... or disagree on the quality. Mm, so something like that that Twitter page where disrespectful. I know that that Twitter page is disrespectful, um, but something like that, I think that it sees enough people. Where you're bound to find people who are into the same things and might agree. But if you just like randomly choose, like completely randomly choose 10 women who Mm -hmm. have all had sex with like this one man. Mm -hmm. I just really think that their experiences are going to be varied because like... Just because people's sexual preferences are so varied. I'm, I, I think you think, can still yeah. have different varying experiences with the same sexual partner that what made it good for you is maybe not necessarily what made it good for the next woman. But collectively, the consensus will still be that it's good. Ver- versus where you will get those same, like, let's say you get those same t- theoretical 10 women. This sounds like chameleon dick. He can like change um, I don't, but the thing is, I don't even think it's necessarily like change preference. Like, I'm not saying people are out here doing the exact same thing in every sexual encounter, but I yeah. do think people have a sexual comfort zone that they fall into. And within that comfort zone, like what you might find pleasurable and what might have made the experience great for you mm-hmm. might not have been what made it for me. Even, mm-hmm. and he could have pulled out the same moves. So but, I think we could yeah. still have like, there's a variety where yeah. people who like different things could still find some enjoyment. So okay. there might be like what you're saying. different experiences, but the consensus will still be that it's good versus digmatized to me. I, that's why I say like to me, demon dick is more of an objective. And it also doesn't necessarily mean that you're digmatized because it's like this a more objective agreement that mm-hmm. this sex is good mm-hmm. versus like digmatized is very subjective person to person. Even even with the man with demon dick, like, you might come across him and not be digmatized. And then the next woman might come across him and be like, whoo, and that's now real. she is. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying to me, like, demon dick is the more objective, like, this is just what you possess. Mm-hmm. And digmatized would be more so like the subjective result of good or bad is. sex, honestly. Yeah. But the sex. Okay. 
I can see that. Okay. So now with that being said, mm-hmm. how we catching dick without catching feelings? Um, I think that you just have to know yourself and know boundaries that you have to set to make sure you don't catch feelings for the person. Mm-hmm. Be specific about the person um, that you're catching dick with. Because... That's a word. Yeah. Because, like... I don't know. They're just... Yeah. It's it's a weird category that, like, your fuck buddy or your friends with benefits can fall into. Mm-hmm. Where, like, clearly I'm into you enough where I want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I can't, like separate like my feelings about this person from my attraction enough to have sex with a guy that I fundamentally do not like as a person like I personally cannot separate that enough so for me it's this weird intersection of I like and respect you enough where I would want to have sex with you but I know even not not that I don't like and respect you enough to be in a relationship with you but for whatever circumstances I know I don't want a relationship with you Gotcha. So it's like this weird specific intersection that they have to fit in for me. So there still has to be like, for you, there still has to be some level of respect mm-hmm. and just like, I like who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. Because if I like get to know parts of a guy's personality that mm-hmm. aren't as favorable, then I'm just not attracted to them. Like that sexual attraction is just not there. Got you. And so it's like, for me, I have to figure out that part and then knowing myself well enough to um, figure out what will make me more likely to get emotionally attached and what will make me less likely to get emotionally Emotionally attached. attached. Like, I'm not, I don't know, sometimes I feel like cuddling, but I'm not a super, super big, like, cuddler or, like, really like to be on top of the person or, like, anything like that. So cuddling for me is reserved for a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like if we are just there to have sex, we do not need to be cuddling. Like that is that's intimate. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that I would classify as intimate. There is no cuddling after. There is no pillow talk. Like that is not. No, just no. But then what if the person that you're having as like that you're having sex with, what if that's part of their foreplay? cuddling then we wouldn't be compatible for that type of like friends with benefits because and so the reason I say that is because like um for me I think when you're trying to figure out whether or not you can maneuver a relationship that's just about sex Mm -hmm. it's one important for you to decide if you really are about that life like Mm -hmm. if you are really capable of separating the two Mm -hmm. because I think if you're not then you just not that you put your not that you will end up in a sticky situation, but you are increasing the risk of putting yourself in a sticky situation. So mm-hmm. for me personally, and I'm talking about friends with benefits or like a fuck buddy, I need to make sure I can compartmentalize the sex versus like any emotional attraction or how I feel about you as a person Mm -hmm. from it because if I can't then lines for me personally just start getting a little blurred Mm -hmm. like 
So for me, it's very much about like, can I look at this instance of us having sex as just that, mm-hmm. like as, as just us having sex without letting it spill over or not letting place. it spill over, but without letting other things like whether or not I am or finding yourself expecting more. Yeah. Situation. Expecting more. And I think the way I do that is making sure that I don't let those other things spill over into the sexual encounter. So, like, mm-hmm. how I feel about you as a person. Like, I think you're a really cool guy. And, I mean, fundamentally, like, I'm not just going to probably enter a, that type of relationship with someone that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't have, like... Some, some rapport with. Yeah, some mm-hmm. type of relationship with to begin with. And by relationship, I mean, like, even if it's strictly platonic. But just some type of interaction with to begin with. So, I know at some level that I like you as a human being because I like you enough to continuously have conversations with you. Yeah. And I'm comfortable enough with you to be like, look, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. However, like, the that cuddling, that pillow talk, how was your day after? Like, that's not what this is for. Mm-hmm. And... For me, when we bring that into this moment, lines start getting blurred. And so for me, it's very much more like, I think of it like, this sounds so like callous and cold. But honestly, like, it's a transaction. And can we handle the business without letting everything else interfere? (laughs) And if we can't, then honestly, I don't think I would be comfortable having a friends with benefits relationship with you because it just it would get messy really quick Mm -hmm. and that's just for me so that's like usually my advice to everyone is like one make sure i and i guess maybe i guess now that i'm talking to you i should open it up a little bit more but i'll say what my advice originally was which was very much just like make sure you can compartmentalize and separate the sex from the person Mm -hmm. um but now listening to like some of the things you said i think what I will say moving forward to people that kind of ask is more so just like, you need to understand in depth what for you mm-hmm. will tie in, I don't want to say unnecessary because we're human and like sometimes you might like a person, but what might interfere with just the sex side of things. So like for me, it would be that cuddling, that pillow talk, that like, let me hear your point of view on the world in that moment. We, now, when we dressed, we're, when we're fully clothed, then we sitting at a table, we can have these conversations. But foreplay, during, postplay, like, I don't want none of that. Because mm-hmm. I don't want the lines to get blurred in my mind. And quite frankly, I don't want them to get blurred for you. Like, I think if we're both, that's a boundary that I set for the protection of both of us. It's kind of like, this moment is just for this. That way there's no way of being like oh well I thought because well you wanted to cut it. I didn't mm-hmm. but for the next person it really might be like like you were saying like if I don't respect you as a human being that kind of takes away from it for me mm-hmm. so I need to at at minimum still respect you as a human being or even like you were saying somebody else might say well cuddling doesn't really mean anything to me so like I don't mind cuddling and honestly like kissing in the mouth is really intimate to me as well mm-hmm. during before no but during that is very intimate Mm -hmm. and honestly i don't know that i would want you kissing me in my mouth not during not if we're just friends with benefits Mm -hmm. for me i mean like i i don't mind the kissing in the mouth yeah i mean like a little peck or something cool 
don't be I don't know I don't know if that's just like from basing and I think I should also say this because I do think this is like a big part of why I have the perspective I have on friends with benefits and like compartmentalizing sex from emotional attachment to a person was because this is all based on like my very first relationship with the guy that I lost my virginity to. Mm-hmm. So when we started having sex, we were all like, oh, I love you. And I oh, la, 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 okay. la. and then when we broke up, which is part of the reason why I told my mama she can't listen to this podcast until I'm 30. Oh, in my 30s and married <laughs> is because when we broke up, we were still having sex. Yeah. But I mentally like and I remember having this conversation with him where I was like, Cause I knew I wouldn't be able to do that mm-hmm. if I did not completely like cut off that emotional side mm-hmm. with him in those moments. And I remember like telling him, honestly, what I described back then is like, you really kind of turned me into a man with this, which now I don't think it's fair. Cause I think it implies that like women always have this emotional attachment during sex, which is just not true. So, but I do remember telling him in that moment, like, honestly, you kind of turned me into a man like if we're gonna continue this we don't need that I don't want to pillow talk with you I don't want to cuddle like I love you's and all that is that's not what this is meant for mm-hmm. and so I think as a result of that because that was the only way that I could function in that space with him that is the outlook that I have and that is now what I make sure I can do because I know that it worked then like mm-hmm. I was able to literally keep it like this is what it is in this moment And then I'm talking about literally maybe an hour later, we'd be having these in-depth conversations of, do we get back together? Do I trust you? But Mm. in those moments, that's not what it was for. I I did not, I like really set a clear boundary. And I remember later on him telling me like, oh, I thought you were joking until like one time you literally got up and got dressed. And I was like, because there's no cuddling. There's, I, I knew I couldn't handle that. So I was like, that's not what this is for. So I think that is definitely why my perspective is more so like that. And I don't need to like you as a person because we were in a, technically we were in a bad space, like Mm -hmm. emotionally. Yeah. We were discussing whether or not we wanted to get back together and things like that, but we were not in a good space emotionally. And he was not my most favorite person at that time. Mm -hmm. So, but now I think hearing like the different perspective, a little older and a little and far more removed from the situation, I now see how, like, other people might need different things to still Mm -hmm. be able to enter a friends with benefits or, like, a fuck buddy situation with someone. For me, I've I've never been in the situation where I've wanted to go back and have sex with my ex or... Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, he took my virginity. I just, I didn't want to. I was like oh, really young. Oh, that's not. Oh no, 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 I know. I'm just. I think I just providing the context. Like, oh, he took yeah. my virginity. I was really young, and I was like, I don't want another number. And <laughs> and you're not the only person who I've like heard of doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of women do it. I just personally like. It's not for you. Yeah, that's it's not real. for me because I don't want to have to revisit certain things. Mm-hmm. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> and we're gonna move on. and we're moving on and we're gonna um but i've definitely had i think as as i this is why i just think it's very important to know your body know how you operate mm-hmm. and know what's best for your pleasure yeah. because i don't know like 
as of within lately, like in the past few years, I really do need not a deep emotional connection at all, but mm-hmm. like I need to have a bit of a connection to really be engaged and like fully enjoy sex with a person. So it doesn't sound like you're describing an emotional connection. It just sounds like some type of like personal mm-hmm. connection to you. And and by personal I mean like like you said, like that mutual respect. Personal positive. Yeah. yeah. Personal <laughs> positive. Like there's mutual respect there. Mm-hmm. I fundamentally like who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. And so now let's explore this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can respect and then, that. And I've been in situations like that with people, but it's just like for whatever reasons, maybe timing, distance, differences in opinions and stuff. There was one person who I was um, a friends with benefits with for a very long time. And he was a, um, he, he's in business school now, but he's like this huge capitalist. And I am not a capitalist (laughs) at all. And we would have like really great, like in-depth conversations. And I would say that the sex was very intimate, but I think it was that plus another sort of interaction where it was just like, we would not have a successful relationship, mm-hmm. but we have a great friendship. That makes sense. And we have a great friends with benefits. Okay. So there's just, yeah, like there's this fundamental respect. I like you as a human being. And on some level, some type of camaraderie there. Because mm-hmm. you can respect a person and like, like them as a human being mm-hmm. and not have any type of camaraderie or like. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, okay. So rather than just saying respect, like, we need to, for me, I need for there to be, like, some sort of camaraderie. Okay. And it's just, like, for whatever reason, like, we're just not, we just wouldn't work Work out out. together. That's a fair point. I think that's fair. I can respect that. So I think in general, like, what we would say moving forward would be that you really kind of have to, it's, I, I stand by this to this day and I have said this before and definitely now having this conversation with you, I believe it even more. If you are going to try to enter a friends with benefits relationship, I think it takes a lot of soul searching because Mm -hmm. I think you need to know who you are as a person, what adds to emotional connections with people, because I, I think there should be a, a, distinction between like a sexual connection and a more emotional like relationship type connection Mm -hmm. so you need to know what would contribute to that emotional because you could be very sexually compatible exactly and it would be a terrible terrible relationship. relationship and so you need to know like what things that person could do during sex before sex, after sex that would make you kind of crave more from them emotionally um and even kind of crave a relationship. And that's not to say, like, I know some people, well, I don't personally know people, but I have heard of people that enter friends with benefits situations that become these beautiful relationships. But that would, I would never, ever advise anyone to enter that type of agreement mm-hmm. with the hopes, not even with the expectation, just with a small chance or a small glimmer of hope that it could evolve into this beautiful relationship. Because... Yeah, it's not. It's it does not. And I think that it's so important to communicate. Bound, and I think this is another reason why I like having that camaraderie is because I don't know. As I'm getting older, like communication is just so important to me. It's just so important. And then I find ways in which I thought I had effectively communicated, but you know, maybe I didn't. Mm -hmm. Where if you 
for it's important for me to effectively com- or to clearly communicate boundaries and expectations and then have us both abide by those boundaries and expectations. And that's fair. And I think like I had mentioned in a previous podcast how open communication is a really big thing for me. So to me, that would be the biggest thing entering this type of a arrangement or agreement with another person is that I need you to be open and clear and on like I just need those three things because that to me is the only way these type of situations work is if both parties sit down and are like this is what I'm expecting from this this is what I absolutely do not want from this these are like the boundaries that I'm setting within this relationship so I think for me that's more so what the communication in this type of scenario revolves around like this is what I want from this sex Mm -hmm. what I do not want from this a relationship Mm -hmm. feelings Mm -hmm. and um like my boundaries are x y and z so like I was saying for me like I don't want no cuddling I don't want no pillow talk I don't I I don't want that I don't be kissing me in my mouth like that stuff like that like which can range from person to person and then I think when you have those conversations you can decide if everybody is open and honest and upfront with their expectations and their feelings on the situation then you can establish in the beginning hopefully this gonna work you know this this is more likely to work because at the end of the day you still never know if it'll really work but like this is more likely to work or no nah, i don't think this is gonna work out between the two of us because it just sound like this ain't a match like what we want from this is not the same mm-hmm. so yeah i think that would be like the biggest thing for me as far as like how to catch dick without catching feelings and i think to stop yourself from catching feelings i think you just have to appropriately adjust your expectations and if you see yourself varying from that, mm-hmm. you have to just check it and like kind of stop those thoughts. And I don't, and even with checking it, I don't think it's always that easy to just like check yourself. So I will say, I think you should have somebody that you can easily confide in. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a best friend, it might be a sister, it might be, I don't know, whoever that person is for you, you should have a person that you can confide in so that like as you find yourself trying to maneuver through this situation, you have someone that you can really talk to and be like, hey, like this is how I'm feeling about it. I thought X, Y, and Z, but now this is what I'm finding out. Somebody that you would trust for advice, for feedback. Not really feedback. That sounds a little creepy. But for advice <laughs> and just like just someone that you board. know. Yeah, a sounding board. Like someone you know you could just literally like bounce everything off of and they'd be like, okay, listen to what you just and said. someone whose opinion you would trust exactly. because don't... I would only be cautious with that because you and your best friend might have different goals within the moment. So let's say like your best friend is ready to get married and is really trying to find someone to marry and da da da. While you're not really in that space, when you have those conversations, they might give you advice or from interpret things from that lens and that's not advice you're looking mm. for because you're not looking for that same thing within the moment. Mm, that was deep. I didn't even think about that. Wow, this is why I keep you around. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? You just use me for my mind? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. The truth comes out, y'all. Yeah, it's a beautiful mind. <laughs> um, I'm deceased. I feel yeah. like there was something else that I had to say. On that one? Yeah, maybe I forgot. 
Okay, we can always come back to it. Yeah. So, I be I think this is like coming off that though. I think the next natural thing to really kind of jump into is communicating expectations and wants. Um and before we fully dive into it, I do want to say that we're going to do like a part two of this because there's still so much that we want to dive into. But we're also being honest and like trying to get people to sit down for like longer than 65 minutes to listen to the same thing can be a bit much. Mm-hmm. So we'll round off part one with the communicating expectations and wants and then come back for part two and hear like other topics such as our thing, our feelings on masturbation and rounding out with like listener questions that didn't really kind of fit into any segment topic and really hearing us kind of dwell into our ideas and, and opinions on those things. Mm-hmm. So with that, communicating expectations and wants. And there were two questions that we got. Um, I definitely so in general, think we should give our general opinion. Mm -hmm. But then also two questions that we got were, how do you tell someone that the sex is not good? (laughs) And should you ask your partner their body count? And does body count matter at our big age? And I'm reading that question verbatim. So yes, it says, does body count matter at At our our big big age? (laughs) Just won't put that out there. You want to answer first? So, um, yeah, I think... Honestly, the last thing that I said and just said, I think really applies to this. And I think communicating expectations and wants really stems around open, honest communication. Um, I think that can be, I not that I think, I can acknowledge that that can be really difficult to do, especially in these types of situations. Because let's be honest, like. Even without feelings, sex can still be vulnerable. Like, mm-hmm. it's still you allowing yourself to be vulnerable with another person. Um, and so you kind of do still want to handle people with care mm-hmm. when you are communicating your expectations and what you want out of a relationship. For example, like, if you want... I just lost my example. So I'm going to use... <laughs> So I'm going to use a friends with benefits situation. Like, Uh if you want a friends with benefits, right, a good, a more careful way of delivering that is being like, hey, I'm not really looking for, not really, I'm not looking for a relationship at this time. I'm just really kind of looking to enjoy myself with someone else who is also wanting to enjoy themselves Mm -hmm. sexually versus being like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to be in a relationship. I'm just trying to fuck. Oh, Mm -hmm. because you do have to understand that people's like perception and how people receive things, even if it's the same message, largely depends on how you deliver that Mm -hmm. message. So my first bit of advice would definitely be to, although you might have really strong feelings about it, I do still think you should handle people with care and with the respect that you would want if they were telling you what they were expecting and what they wanted from you in this situation. Whole, whole people, not objects. Exactly. <laughs> so you should not treat them as objects. As objects. Like, I know I referred to it as a transaction earlier, but it's a transaction with another human being and you should treat them as It's such. a mutual use. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a mutual use and it's two human beings, two consenting adults mm-hmm. deciding, like, this is what I want. want. Yeah, this is time. what I want and this is how I want to use my time. So you should treat them as such, as human beings and don't just be out here delivering. Your expectations, your wants, your news all willy-nilly like, well, we ain't, we just friends with benefits or I should be able to tell you this because you my partner. No, it does not give you an excuse to be rude. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to start with that. 
as far as telling someone their sex is trash or not good, because I'm going I said not good. The question read t- telling their sex is trash. And I said not good because it ties back into what I was just saying about you should still handle people with trash with care so being like the sex is trash honestly is kind of rude mm-hmm. not kind of that is rude and you wouldn't want anybody to tell you like i think i think your sex is trash and i don't care if you say oh but i can handle it assume the next person can mm-hmm. so deliver a little better of like hey um i didn't fully enjoy mm-hmm. this Maybe we could try this. I also don't believe in complaining without suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know that there is something that you enjoy, then go ahead and offer it up. It's like a solution. Like I didn't fully enjoy the last time we were together, but we also didn't try this thing that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. Offer that up as a solution. And I think that will also kind of allow your partner to be a lot more receptive to the fact that you're also telling them. I ain't like your sex the last time. Yeah, I agree. I think that, as we said before, like, sexual experiences are very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, center it on kind of your... Well, okay. I'll get into how I would first approach the situation a mm-hmm. bit. But generally, I think that the conversation you should kind of center on yourself. So, rather than saying, like, this person's sex isn't good or they're not doing X, Y, Z well. It's just like, you know, I personally did not enjoy, enjoy that. That's or, yeah, this this is just not my preference. Mm-hmm. And especially you need to be sensitive because for a lot of men, like, they tie their masculinity with their sex. And for a lot of women, too, tie yeah. how they identify with, like, how good their sex is. It's a I very powerful gen- thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think in general, sex is a very yeah. powerful thing. And it is... A moment where you allow yourself to like to be vulnerable, be vulnerable with another person, mm-hmm. and that's still why I think you should handle them with care. But I do like the, the element that you said about making it very personal because you're right. Sex is very subjective, and quite frankly, not saying everyone, but like the last partner they might have been with might, might have, have liked what that. you might have loved. That might have been the one thing that they constantly were like, "Ooh, I love it when you do this." So they like, well, hey, you know. They yeah, kept telling me they love it, so I'm going to try it again. <laughs> and then the you... Magic combo. Yeah, you test it out, and you're like, ooh. I like it. That ain't... That's not it for me. Like, that's more of a cherry Kool-Aid, and I'm in the great. You know? <laughs> so that was that was good. I think... You're dropping gems today, sweetie? Oh! <laughs> Probably you. I actually would approach the conversation by saying... Um, you know, I would like to please you the way that you like to be pleased and vice versa. That's a weird way to say it. But basically kind of saying it as like, well, maybe show some vulnerability because maybe they didn't think your sex was good. That's true too. So like ask them like, is there anything that you like during sex or that you want to add or something from my experience that you didn't like as much. And that could actually be a great way to start the conversation mm-hmm. because then how you're starting it off is like, it's not just a critique or an evaluation of you, but mm-hmm. like, let's discuss what we both could do to as partners to improve this situation for both of us. Mm-hmm. And then it still allows you one to explain to your partner, like, I don't like when you do this, mm-hmm. but it also 
helps them be more receptive to you saying it because it's not you just saying like, I don't like when you do this, let's try this. It's also you acknowledging like, hey, it might be something I don't really like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really like that I do. And this is a safe space for you to let me know that. Mm-hmm. Do now, now. I think if you want to do it in the moment that you are having sex, because let's be real, there might be like something that pops up while you're actually having sex that you are like, I am absolutely not for this. I do not like this. Yeah, safe words. Safe words are a great way to stop that without having to have that in depth conversation. Yeah, but safe words can be difficult just because those have to be a um, sort of previously discussed thing. I'm I'm gonna say if there's something in sex that I'm not enjoying or something I would want the person to do that they're not doing, I'm I'm a very vocal person. (laughs) I'm not I'm not afraid to I'm not yeah. that vocal during sex like I'm not gonna be like don't maybe I'm but I think I the think, most I would give is like can we switch yeah. from this to this? But I think like just a quick concise way, because sometimes people get really into the moment. Yeah. So a say and, and that's I think the conversation that you could have with your partner beforehand is like the safe word will be used when whatever we're doing is not working. Oh, that's a good point. Or when I am just flat out not enjoying for it. Mm-hmm. whatever we're doing. Because I think most people use safe words for like... Um, more so like kinks. And yeah, stuff. more so yeah. like kinks and like I'm not willing to go this far. This is my safe word. But yeah. I definitely think it could be incorporated into the average sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is That's true. I hadn't thought of it like that. That's true. Um, but I also think that... Because, you know, it can be annoying during sex just to constantly hear critiques, critiques, critiques. Like, if they're doing something you don't like, tell them also if they're doing something that you like, tell them to keep doing it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that that's, like, a sexier way to To include it in that conversation. Uh, Yeah, to say it. Um, But I also think that your you would have to be receptive to that if you were the person being told that and your partner would have to be yeah. receptive to that. Yeah. Because what I've also heard um from and typically when I do have these conversations with sex, like I'm talking to women or talking to That's a fair point. Cisgender women who yeah. often I won't say all the people I'm speaking with are exclusively having sex with cisgender men, but usually we're having talks about having sex with yeah. cisgender men um but yeah this one woman was upset because if she's telling a guy like xyz works for me and this doesn't really work for me the guy was getting offended thinking like oh let me do what i'm doing da 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 but i think that sometimes you have to acknowledge that sometimes your partners really know their bodies or not even sub their partners your partners know your body their bodies better and than better than you <laughs> and i mean some women do like to be surprised with things but that's not all women and if someone is telling you i know xyz works for my body and for my pleasure listen to them and don't feel offended by it but then i also think that tells you something about that person if when you do express that to them I'm not going to say they get offended because, like I said, I think sex is, like, just a really vulnerable time for a lot of people. So, what would normally offend somebody outside might because pride and ego is involved sometimes. So, I'm not going to say they get offended. But if they still want to express that and express, like, it's not personal, I'm not trying to offend you. 
and they still try to act like they know you better than you know you. It's oh, it definitely says what, a lot about the person. But what I'm saying, and is, it's time to it's time to grab your, your stuff, stuff and leave. But your I, kitty cat, your purse, oh, whatever your oh. mama told you to call it. Let's go, little kitty cat. I think we really need to look into <laughs> copycat laws. I, mean, I think it's within 30 seconds. Can we sing it? Because that girl on YouTube, she just sang all the songs. Oh, so we might be okay. All right, Let's but I think it, I think it's only like snippets. I don't think we ever sing it for long enough. Okay, beautiful. Well then, let's go. My kitty cat. <laughs> I hate you. But we also aren't playing. I don't know. But anywho, anywho. We'll look into that later. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, but I'm not speaking to the people who are expressing it. I'm right now speaking to the people who might not be receiving it well. That's I'm it. just saying, like, step out of your own pride and listen to what this person is telling you about mm-hmm. their body. Because really, the goal for both of you should be to have like the most. Um, enjoyable sexual experience for the people involved. And the most, uh, for the longest you can. That's I said true. what I said. Oh, I wasn't looking oh, at you crazy, girl. Sorry. I said what I said. <laughs> for the longest time that you can. I don't know. Sometimes it be too long, you begin tired. That's true because honestly, you know what? We're going to talk about that in part two. Mm-hmm. That So stick around for that conversation. Right now, we're going to to round off part one. We're going to address the last question, oh, which yeah. was, um, should you ask your partner your body count? Um, and does body count matter at our big age? So the reason why I read out the big age part is because I'm going to explicitly say that I state that I have never subscribed to body counts Mm -hmm. like even at my little age Mm -hmm. I guess like I just I was not one to be like oh the more people you slept with says x y and z about you because quite frankly my main concern was are you sexually healthy Mm -hmm. is your STI panel coming back clean Mm -hmm. like that was really kind of my biggest priority Mm -hmm. um so I didn't I didn't and also, I think it is fair to acknowledge the double standard that exists within that. So I think like for, I'm not going to say all women, but I know for me, I think part of the reason I never really subscribed into it is because I was like, okay, well, a guy, this is also at my little age. I can acknowledge at my big age, I don't think the same, but I uh-huh. think at my little age, part of the reason I didn't subscribe into it was because I was like, well, the higher a guy's body count is, the more experience he has. So, therefore, the better chance oh. that the sex is good. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. now I look at that and I'm like, eh. Like, I don't know why I thought that. But probably because I was looking at the world from my little virgin lens. Mm. So, um, there was that part. And then, to me, it was kind of unfair to say that guys could have these high body counts, but girls, girls couldn't. So, I never fully subscribe to, to the body count thing because I think people really get caught up in the number of people people have slept with when first of all some people lying I'm just gonna okay. say it like some people are flat out lying um and whether that be to impress their boys they whoever or or to impress their girls or what whoever you trying to impress it might even be yourself I don't know that's not my business that's between you and your Jesus but, like, some people are just flat out here lying. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like I said, other people have lower body counts, but they STI panel ain't coming back clean mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I'm not saying, like, anything about that person. I'm just saying that's a reality situation. And there were people with higher body counts that 
we're coming back clean. So mm-hmm. to me, my biggest thing was I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to catch nothing from you. Mm-hmm. And if that was the box I could check, the whole like yeah, number of people wasn't an issue. Because another thing that I've heard people say that I also think I've also always subscribed to is that body count and the number was associated with like the level of disrespect in certain situations. So like if you were in a relationship with a person mm-hmm. and like numbers being tied to like if you cheated on me once, that's different than if you cheated on me 30 times. And I don't really subscribe to that either. Like I don't think numbers tell us what we I don't think numbers tell us what we oftentimes try to force them to tell us. Another example would be, you know, people make making the assumption or not making the assumption. Yeah, making the assumption of how long it took somebody to reach their body count. I think when you bring age into the factor, especially, people will look at a 16-year-old with a body count of 10 differently than a 26 or 36-year-old woman with a body count of 10. When realistically, they could have reached that body count within the exact same time span. Because you don't know when either one of them started having sex. And or... You also don't know the circumstances behind that body count. It's just too much nuance to the number of bodies a person has. And I think just asking them that number oversimplifies that. And once again, ignores what to me is the most important thing, which is, is your STI panel coming back clear? Negatives across the board, you know? So that's, 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 my, that's that on that for me. Yeah, I think we have um, some slightly varying opinions. I don't think body counts matter. The thing that had me feeling like body counts don't matter is I could tell you I've never had sex. Or I could tell you I've had the most sex in the world. It's a catch-22. Because <laughs> I'm either going to be approved or, well, for people who typically ask body counts, they think in this way. Or I, in my opinion or experience, they've thought in this way. Um, you're either going to think someone's approved or you're going to think that like, or you're going to think other sort of like slut shaming things about them. Um, but yes, I, I don't think they matter, honestly. And I don't think that they tell you what you would want to know about a person whether it be um their like test results or um what or how how good they might be in bed or anything like that um I don't know if I would compare it to the cheating thing because I do think there's a difference between cheating with one person or cheating with 30 people. Do you? I don't think there's a difference between cheating with two people and cheating with 30 people. Well, there isn't a significant difference for me between cheating with two people and cheating with 30 people. Because I feel like a person can slip up once and then, like, you know, if you tell your partner that you made a mistake and all of these things, like, you and your partner can choose to do with it what you choose to do with it. But... Having it happen more than once, to me, is what shows really that lack of care and that disrespect. Now, if that once was premeditated, I don't think a premeditated once is different from 30. But I think a once mistake is different from multiple. I'm not going to lie. 
why? Even the one's mistake to me is still disrespectful. It's disrespectful, like, it's still, but I just think there's a difference in the disrespect. If it's, it's still disrespectful to me, um, and I think like for me, big ups, which we don't, we can discuss this like mm-hmm. in more depth a little bit later. But just to kind of address it now, I think for me, it's more so like <clears throat> cheating on either side mm-hmm. demonstrates. A level of disrespect not only to your partner but to your relationship mm-hmm. and so i guess just for that whether it be an accident because yeah it's nuanced but it's still a level of disrespect mm-hmm. at baseline so for me the whole like one versus 30 i don't really like there's still a level of disrespect and at the end of the day i have to decide as your partner if i'm willing to try to like work past that yeah or if Reach we, reconciliation yeah, from that point. Reach reconciliation from that point or if, like, that's just a no for me. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because as a single woman right now with, like, in my next relationship, and as someone that has been cheated on, in my next relationship, mm-hmm. one time is going to be enough for me. I'm not, I don't really care about the accident or the, like, until we're married, mm-hmm. that's when I'll be more concerned with the nuances of, like, oh, it was an accident. I got drunk versus I did. And I, then I'll be more concerned with the nuances because marriage is just like to me something that is entered in with a really hard heart. Not hard heart. I guess like a lot of thought behind yeah. it. And not saying that relationships aren't either, but there's just a level of commitment in a marriage that don't apply to relationships. That real life does not apply to relation like just that regular boyfriend girl like boyfriend girlfriend legally also i think there is not a legal connection there as well as there is not a promise before the lord the big man upstairs himself the lord god Mm -hmm. that i have not acknowledged in front of you the pastor and all of our invited guests in just a boyfriend girlfriend relationship that would allow me after that one to much easily be like no, and that that one also comes from being cheated on, and just knowing that that is mine. No, yeah, like I I do not want to deal with that again. So moving forward, it will literally only take one for me. It won't make. Yeah, I think I was thinking about it in the context of a marriage because I was thinking of that Brandy uh, Maxfield Ayanla <laughs> fix my life episode. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. It's, it was like a laugh call. It's so okay. hard. That man slept with, what was it, 100 or something? Yeah, but even that was weird because to her, it wasn't the difference between 1 or 100. It literally was like the difference between... 30 and 100. 30 and 100. And that's I'm like, true. at that's 30, fair. disrespect. And like, honestly, not even at 30. Like, at 10, disrespect is disrespect. That's fair. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, I was just thinking In that, that context. In that context, I, I mean, no, I still think it's disrespectful. But like I said, a marriage is different than just like... A regular a relationship. relationship. And so after one, I'm not bags yeah. packed. Let's hit the road, Jack, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But even then, she was trying to distinguish between 30 and 100. And I'm like... There isn't a distinction. D- Just leave that man. Yeah. Grab your kitty cat and your Yeah. But... I agree. I me. I agree with you. I couldn't... Yeah. I I know how I can get... As as someone who has been in a relationship and gotten cheated on, mm-hmm. I know how I could get, and mm-hmm. I know I don't want to be in that place again. 
Yeah. So although I wouldn't of- stay there in a relationship, if there was a mistake in my marriage, it wouldn't be glossed over. But it would. But be I could see myself to the exit now too. She said now too. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like I know I said the Brandy Maxfield situation. I was looking at that and I was like, get your kid, get your bag, and get on. But realistically, I've also learned that like to not judge people what they do in their marriage. And yeah. not make assumptions on what I would do in my future marriage because I realistically don't know until I get yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. So that's, you know, that. But that's also why we're addressing what? How to catch a dick without catching feelings. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to worry about that right now. Bloop. And as we said at the beginning of this podcast, we are two single women. Hello. <laughs> On the other side, it's 25. Okay, so, you know. Um, but yeah, but back to the topic of numbers. Um. Um, So, before we continue, we just wanted to insert a trigger warning for sexual assault. Um, We're not describing any different scenarios or any certain... We're not describing scenario. It's just a reference to it. And once we publish the episode, I can put in a timestamp for when we do have that conversation. And that's just us acknowledging that um, sometimes just hearing certain subject matter without any level of detail can bring up negative emotions for people and so we do want to acknowledge that um we do have a portion of this episode that does kind of um incorporate and examine like how sexual assault might um play a role in certain sexual behaviors Mm -hmm. so just based on that we do want to acknowledge that can be traumatic experience for people and advisor trigger warning mm-hmm. so um when we were talking about body counts at different ages um i still don't believe i don't think that body counts are important or should be a thing but if a 16 year old were to say if i were a counselor and a 16 year old told me that uh, they had sex with 20 people then that would make put me on alert just to do a check-in with that person Mm -hmm. because there is literature that exists which um demonstrates that sexual abuse or sexual assault can be linked with um early sexual early um sexual behavior within that child and not to say that people who have early early like not everyone who exhibits early sexual behavior has been assaulted or has that trauma associated with their sexual behavior but i would still just want to do a check-in to ensure that the sex that the child is having is completely consensual and um that they're aware of their health things like that have the conversation um as a personal check-in and not as like a slut shaming conversation yeah definitely just kind of i get what you're saying more so like a well-being checkup just some generic like follow-up questions yeah that wouldn't necessarily imply that you one think that there's anything wrong with that anything wrong with that number but also acknowledging that like this is what the literature says and because of that i do want to make sure if this pops up to me like I could ask these questions to be able to identify if a minor is in an unsafe situation, mm-hmm. which is fair because I never thought about it that way. Um, I definitely more so just kind of always was like, but I guess that's also because I just wasn't out here asking people their body counts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think there there is a, I don't know, but that's a different, that's a very specific situation you're talking about with mm-hmm. like the counselors 
And if a child does feel comfortable enough to discuss that with you, I think that's a different situation. In general, I do think people need to stop just walking out here asking people body counts. Body counts. Yeah. Like I do. Because like I said, and even kind of coming off of that, and I think I've alluded to this prior, like body counts are nuanced and there are mm-hmm. a lot of think like what you how you got your body count is not how the next person got their body count and so just asking somebody a number to me is just kind of like oversimplifies that entire process and oversimplifies somebody's sexual identity honestly yeah i just honestly don't get the purpose of I don't either knowing I don't that either. number I, I and i think that's the thing that i always want to know when people say do you think body body counts are important my next question is why is it going to change whether or not you have sex with that person like if you are using this as a tool to say yes i will have sex with you no i won't have sex with you why Why? are you not more so concerned with the what a-t-i panel why and then if you're not using it as some type of elimination tool why does it matter why why (laughs) Um, yeah. yeah, it just... I don't get why it matters. I don't get why it matters either. So, I, yeah. I think you really should dis- discuss what you're doing with that information. Mm-hmm. Or not discuss, but decide for yourself what the purpose Figure of having out, that information mm-hmm. is. And then you can ask a more specific, exactly question. question. Because maybe it is that you want to know some more... Uh, you want to know more specific and relevant information versus just what... And honestly, if it's not, in my opinion, if it doesn't have to do with like test results or how, whether or not a person actively practices safe sex, I don't really think it's any of your business. Like, But even then, like, I can ask you if you practice safe sex without knowing no, I agree. I agree with that. I'm just saying that, like, because like, in case, because sometimes, like, people really just want to know the number of people their partners have sex with. And I'm just like, but is that your business? So th- I, that's a good point. But yeah. I think the way that I've always explained it to people is it's not my business who you're having sex with, but it is my business on how the that type of me. sex you are having. And what I mean by that is whether or not it is protected. Mm-hmm. And not protected. And I mean, like, for the entire duration mm-hmm. of the sexual encounter. Because some people be trying to be like, well, we started off with a kind of... If, nope. if you didn't end with it and keep it on for the entire time, like, there is some element of risk there. Mm-hmm. And and what I will say is I don't need to know the number. But as your as a sexual partner, I do absolutely think it is fair game to ask someone if they are sleeping with someone else. Oh, and yeah. then you just preface it with like, I don't need to know the number. I just need to know that for my sexual well-being. Like, that is information that I actually, that is actually directly relevant to my sexual That is health. relevant information. So yeah, I do need to know if you're sleeping with other people. You don't have to tell me how many people. You don't have to tell me when you sleep with those people, but you do need to let me know that you are sleeping with other people. And even just participating in ethical non-monogamy because I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to be out here playing people, but I'm not trying to be out here getting played. <laughs> I just need for people to, rather than just trying to have sex with multiple people, like actually trying to engage in ethical non-monogamy. Like if you know that the person you're sleeping with is not going to be the only person you're sleeping with, you should tell them. them. That's literally just a common courtesy. 
Mm-hmm. That is a common courtesy. And if they're not capable of handling that, that should tell you that you probably don't need to be sleeping with them if you're not prepared to stop sleeping with the other people you're sleeping with. And I've heard from a lot of people or from a lot of men that they might not say that because then they're like, oh, then the person's not going to want to have sex with me. That's, that's their right. That is her right. That is, or not her right. That's their right. Whoever it is, that's their right. That's their prerogative. In the words of Bobby Brown, it's my prerogative. Because they... I can do what I want to do. Okay, but you need to provide me with all the information yes. so that I can make an informed decision. Because if someone wants to be in a monogamous relationship, that needs to be monogamous on both sides. Period. Poo. Boo-boo. And if that's not what you want, be honest that that's not what you want. And then you will be with somebody and then that, that will help you. With, exactly. See, y'all just need to learn how to communicate. We all, I'm not going to say y'all, we all just need to learn how to openly communicate what we want mm-hmm. and expect out of relationships, whether that be simply sexual relationships. Mm-hmm. Like that still counts. So, yeah. Yeah, y'all just come on. Open, honest communication. Open and honest communication. I hate that voice, <laughs> but with that, we are going to conclude part one. This will conclude mm-hmm. part one of our sex, sex, and more sex Ooh. episode. Um, if you're definitely interested in hearing what else we have to say, definitely give part two a listen. I think it'll have some good content on it as well. And if you have any questions for us going into part two, feel free to email us at after25podcast at gmail.com. Bye, y'all.